Hello, my friends and loved ones. How are you? I feel like you guys are doing well today. That's the energy I'm getting from the world. Um, I mean, considering that the world is a pile of insanity. Uh, but I feel like you are doing okay. I feel like um, there are some inner struggles that you're actually dealing with for the first time in a while. I commend that. I want you to keep it up. Be strong, dive deep, be soft while you're strong, if that makes sense, soft and strong. And be angry. There's reasons to be angry. Be angry at the sun. If anybody knows who I'm quoting, uh, you get an extra prize. Be angry at the sun. And also, I want you hear the sirens. I told you I live close to a firehouse. Um, what did I? What was I gonna say? I want you to give yourself a little love today, even if deep down you just hate yourself, which you know I understand. Uh, sprinkle in just a little self-love. I'm talking 0.678% love today. Do it for me if you don't want to do it for you. And tell me one thing you like about yourself. Think about it right now. What do you like about yourself? Um, I'm going to tell you something I like about myself. I, I said this on Twitter recently. I love how fast I type. I said it a little more crassly, and um, I'll say it right here. I said, and I don't know if I totally mean this, but it almost, it almost turns me on how fast I type. Uh, when I'm really on a roll, I catch it and I'm like, wow, it's, it's almost, it's like, look, not a lot of things about myself make me feel that way. And I don't totally mean sexually, but I mean a little bit, actually. I don't know how to describe it. I love that I can uh, be honest with you guys, though. Like, I'm just on a roll typing and the sound of it and the feel of it. There's just something going on with me and that. And I'm telling you what, people notice it about me. When I go to the library and write, I've had three different people come up to me. And they're not sexually turned on by my typing that I know of. But they're just going, man, you really type fast. And I'm accurate. I, I, I practiced at a young age. My mom was a secretary at a certain point in her life. And she taught me when I was really young on a typewriter. Um, we didn't even have a computer until I was out of, out in college. Like my family didn't have anything like that. But anyway, that's what I like about myself. What do you like about you? By the way, this is me reading stuff. I'm Robin O'Neill. I don't remember if I've said that. Uh, this is a shitty little podcast that a few lost souls seem to really enjoy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You got, well, maybe we're all lost souls. I don't know, but I have my ideal listeners. They're, it kind of seems to be the people I've dreamed of being friends with my entire life are the people who listen to this. And I wish I could know all of you guys. I mean, genuinely. And I don't want to know anybody. Like, I'd like to drop half the people I already know and just move on from life, you know, not to be rude. I just, I, I, don't, I don't need a lot of interaction, as I've said a million different ways and times. But there are so many people who communicate with me about this podcast that are just... They're just my people. So I wish I could do... Hold on, I got to take a sip of this stupid dandelion, dandelion tea. Have I talked to you guys about this? As you know, because of my heart issues, I can't do caffeine. Dandelion tea is the only thing that's saved the day. It's uh, caffeine-free, it's an herbal tea, but it tastes like black tea to me. So I actually feel like I'm getting something with some, some substance in me. What was I saying? I want to, yeah, I still want to do a conference of some sort where, you know, some sort of fun excursion. 
uh, I wanted to be in, oh, remember I was saying I wanted to be in the middle of nowhere, maybe like where I'm from, Nebraska, at a, at a kind of normal, not shitty hotel. We don't want to go dirty. We don't want to be sleeping in pubic hairs. But we want to go regular, affordable, non-luxury. We want, in the same parking lot as the hotel, we want, we want an IHOP or a Denny's or something like that. Uh, that's where we have our meetings, where we just hang out. I'm not even sure what we do because sitting there reading poetry to one another sounds like the lamest thing I've ever heard in my life. We could watch movies in my hotel room. Uh, I'll have a bodyguard, just so you know, so any of you crazies out there aren't getting the wrong idea. Um, anyway, another thing I want to do is a contest. I, you know, I'm sorry th- this summer when I was, you know, just going through a whole bunch, bunch of horrible things with my heart. I, uh, I did this contest and then I never followed up with it. But the new gift I want to give on the next, po- if you guys can think of a good contest for me, uh, reach out on Twitter or Instagram, R-O-B-Y-N underscore O-N-E-I-L. If you have an, I just, I just don't know what my contest should be, but the, one of the prizes I want to be a personal podcast. I've done this before as a gift for somebody and it went over really well, um, because basically I gathered information about this person, like everything she loved. And I made a 30 minute podcast dedicated to her and all the things that made her happy. And I'm, I kind of can get a little bit crazier with it because I can include songs. So I can kind of act like a DJ since, you know, I can't legally play music that I want to play on here. Otherwise I probably would do that, but trust me, this is going to be the podcast cream dream of your entire life. So I just don't know what the contest is going to be. Lately, all I want to do is give away things, I've noticed. A few of you have been the recipient of some of my Twitter contests. I'll I'll put a photo up out there of something from a movie or a TV show, and whoever the first to get it right gets a postcard-sized drawing. I love doing that. I'm sure my galleries are real thrilled that I just keep giving away drawings, but that's how it goes. I mean, I don't know. I just wish my job could be making custom-made things for other people using my gifts, which are drawing and that kind of thing. And I guess, I guess making personal podcasts. (laughs) I don't know. Hold on a second. I just want to drink tons of this tea. I just want to down it. It's making me so happy. Um, okay. We got to read something and, um, everybody was really, sorry about all the ums. Everybody was very thrilled about me reading the monologue from Twin Peaks episode 12, the Ben Horn monologue about his father buying him a bike. And it's, it makes me feel really good because I've been wanting to read a lot of these soliloquies from TV shows and movies. And the main one I've wanted to do forever, and I can't believe I haven't done it yet because I listened to this part. I have it on a, on my computer isolated. I listened to this I would say at least twice a week and have, um, since I was in college, uh, it's from Paris, Texas, the Vim vendors film from 1984. The writer is Sam Shepard, who I've read on the podcast before. And the actor reading this is of course, Harry Dean Stanton. Now, my reason for doing this, you know, I'm fearful of doing it because here I am reading something that was delivered in a beautiful film by such a strong actor who I love. And I don't, and it's so tender, his reading of it, um, his performance of it. And I don't, I don't want to ruin it. So I feel kind of like 
Who do I think I am doing this? However, I love it so much. And that's what I do on this podcast is read out loud the things I love that I want to share with others. And I'm doing it mainly because if there's on the off chance somebody out there is listening to this and has not seen the film Paris, Texas, then this will encourage you to see it immediately, I think. And I really want to do that. Just like I want to encourage you guys to buy books and support contemporary poets and that sort of thing. I want you guys to see Paris, Texas. So it's so sad. I'm, you know, I'm just not going with the 10 minute rule this month. I've decided November and December are the month of, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go as long as I want to. You can tune in or turn, turn up or you can turn it up. You can turn it down. You can turn it all the way downtown. I don't care, but I'm not doing my 10 minute thing anymore. And this is a long, this is probably the longest thing I've ever read. So at this point, if you don't want to read it, um, or listen to me read it, then, you know, have a nice day. I love you no matter what. I'm, I apologize for everything. Okay, here we go. So this again, this is Harry Dean Stanton's reading of uh, Sam Shepard's words. Really quick, that noise is my dishwasher. It's here in my studio. I apologize for that too. Okay. I knew these people, these two people. They were in love with each other. The girl was very young, about 17 or 18, I guess, and the guy was quite a bit older. He was kind of raggedy and wild. She was very beautiful, and together they'd turned everything into a kind of adventure, and she liked that. Just an ordinary trip down to the grocery store was full of adventure. They were always laughing at stupid things. He liked to make her laugh, and they didn't much care for anything else, because all they wanted to do was be with each other. They were always together. And he loved her more than he ever felt possible. He couldn't stand being away from her during the day when he went to work. So he'd quit just to be home with her. Then he'd get another job when the money ran out, and then he'd quit again. But pretty soon she started to worry. Money, I guess not having enough, not knowing when the next paycheck was coming in. So he started to get kind of torn inside. He knew he had to work to support her, but he couldn't stand being away from her either. And the more he was away from her, the crazier he got. Except now he got really crazy. He started imagining all kinds of things. He started thinking that she was seeing other men on the sly. He'd come home from work and accuse her of spending the day with somebody else. He'd yell at her and break things in the trailer. Yes, they lived in a trailer home. Anyway, he started to drink real bad, and he'd stay out late to test her to see if she'd get jealous. He wanted her to get jealous, but she didn't. She just worried about him. But that got him even madder, because he thought if she never got jealous about him, that she didn't really care about him. Jealousy was a sign of her love for him. And then one night, one night she told him that she was pregnant. She was about three or four months pregnant, and he didn't even know. And then suddenly everything changed. He stopped drinking and got a steady job. He was convinced that she loved him now because she was carrying his child. And he was going to dedicate himself to making a home for her. But a funny thing started to happen. He didn't even notice it at first. She started to change. 
From the day the baby was born, she began to get irritated with everything around her. She got mad at everything. Even the baby seemed to be an injustice to her. He kept trying to make everything all right for her, buy her things, take her out to dinner once a week. But nothing seemed to satisfy her. For two years, he struggled to pull them back together like they were when they first met, but finally he knew that it was never going to work out. So he hit the bottle again, but this time it got mean. This time when he came home late at night, she wasn't worried about him or jealous. She was just enraged. She accused him of holding her captive by making her have a baby. She told him that she dreamed about escaping. That was all she dreamed about, escape. She saw herself at night, running naked down a highway, running across fields, running down riverbeds, always running. And always, just when she was about to get away, he'd be there. He would stop her somehow. He would just appear and stop her. And when she told him these dreams, he believed them. He knew she had to be stopped or she'd leave him forever. So he tied a cowbell to her ankle so he could hear her at night if she tried to get out of bed. But she learned how to muffle the bell by stuffing a sock into it and inching her way out of the bed and into the night. He caught her one night when the sock fell out and he heard her trying to run to the highway. He caught her and dragged her back to the trailer and tied her to the stove with his belt. He just left her there and went back to bed and lay there listening to her scream. Then he listened to his son scream, and he was surprised at himself because he didn't feel anything anymore. All he wanted to do was sleep. And for the first time, he wished he were far away, lost in a deep, vast country where nobody knew him, somewhere without language or streets. And he dreamed about this place without knowing its name. And when he woke up, he was on fire. There were blue flames burning the sheets of his bed. He ran through the flames toward the only two people he loved, but they were gone. His arms were burning, and he threw himself outside and rolled on the wet ground. Then he ran. He never looked back at the fire. He just ran. He ran until the sun came up, and he couldn't run any further. And when the sun went down, he ran again. For five days he ran like this, until every sign of man had disappeared. Ooh. Wow. My heart's beat, beating crazy. That just that just sent me to the hospital, I think. Uh, all right. All right. Let's bring it back. Let's come back, everybody. Here we are. That was so good. I felt good about that. I felt good about sharing that with you, even though this is already the longest podcast I've ever recorded. Um, but well worth it, I would say. All right. So now you know. If you haven't seen Paris, Texas, check it out. I'm also going to put a link in the description of this podcast uh, to my old Tumblr page. Uh, I think on my old Tumblr page, which I haven't added to in like a decade, um, it it has... I, I, I uploaded the audio to that with Ry Cooter's music that starts um, midway through. So you can enjoy that as well. And if I don't have that, I'm sorry. I think it's still on there, though. Are you listening? Okay, here's what I need from you. Nothing. Uh. 
I don't need a damn thing from any of you. Isn't that wonderful to hear? How many relationships in your life do you have where the person requires nothing of you? <laughs> I just want you to be happy. I want you to get into the things that make life worth living. I want you to get away from the stuff that makes all of this harder. Get away from the people who make your life harder. That's the main thing. Say goodbye to those dipshits. Um, sadly, I've had to say goodbye to quite a few people over the last, I'd say, four years. Um, and it's really hard. It's the hardest thing I ever did is saying goodbye to certain people that that just that just held I they did all sorts of things that required me saying goodbye. Anyway, I want you guys to heal, be well, my sweet little friends. Thank you for listening. I'm running away. I wish I could run away a little bit like Harry Dean Stanton in Paris, Texas, like to a place with no streets. Yes, please. I want a log cabin that doesn't even have a trail leading to it. It, it has a trail, but not a car path. I just want to be there alone for, give me, give me a month. Give me a month alone in a log cabin and we'll all be better off, I swear to you. It's gonna affect the world. The entire world will be better if I can be alone in a log cabin in the middle of nowhere for a month. All right, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. I love you, good night.